This is Han Solo, and you're listening to Octo Radio, a Star Wars podcast. I don't know. Fly casual. What is going on, everyone, and welcome to Octo Radio, a Star Wars podcast. We've got a special interview here for you today as we begin the build or continue the build toward Potathon for Make-A-Wish Foundation. I am here with an actual Mandalorian. It's not just an action figure. It's not just a Hot Toys figure. It's not just fan art. It is an actual breathing, living ass kicker professionally and then now in a galaxy far, far away. An actress, a model, an anime fan, a Sailor Moon enthusiast. What doesn't she do? This is, of course, Mercedes Bernardo. How you doing? I'm doing good. I always like to say I'm an actor, model, writer, producer, extraordinaire. I'm everything. You are so, everything. Yeah. Yeah, and, I'm really good today. Thank you for having me on. Of course, it's so great to have you. Obviously, I've been following your work for years. And so when you crossed into Star Wars, it was a huge moment. There was lots of speculation. I mean, one photo of you sent the internet ablaze. One like obscure photo of you too, not even like a full costume shot or anything. It was just you right. in a hood, you know, hood over the costume and everything. And people immediately, theories, videos, people were making money just just talking about what you could be. I remember hopping on Twitter and just being like, what are people going to say? And first, I think I was trending as, um, is that Rosario Dawson? Or And then I was like, who is that? Is it Jedi? I'm like, wait, that's Mercedes Bernardo. That's the girl from wrestling. It's just like, yeah. whoa, I couldn't wait to finally come out and say that I was part of this amazing, incredible series, The Mandalorian, because I had to keep it such a neat secret for so long while I was filming. Plus, you know, I didn't want anybody to know what I was doing. So when it finally hit that trailer and they showed like just a little bit of a snippet of me, the, the whole world went crazy, just speculating who was I going to be in The Mandalorian. And then as you find out, I am a Mandalorian. Yeah. And you're not only one of them, you're one of the core ones, one of the ones that is, I would argue, more experienced and more badass than even the main character. I mean, you're in a pretty... <laughs> elite group there with Bo-Katan and, and Axe Woves is Casca Reeves. Now, do you say Casca or Koska? Because I know that was also a thing. <laughs> I say Koska. You say Koska. Okay, so I started saying Koska. Then everyone started saying Koska. And I, and I like a sheep, I followed them. It's not K-A, it's K-O. It's K-O. So, yeah. And I also think Where's Koska sounds cooler. Where's yeah. that, where's that Ka from? It's not Ka, it's Ko. Okay. Cos- Costco sounds like a, like a like an insult. It sounds like um yeah Costco or like just sounds like a, a store name. Costco. Costco yeah. Reeves sounds pretty impressive. How do they tell you that you get a name? Um, how did I find my name out? Um, I think it was the day of shooting. Um, I remember finally having um wardrobe fitting in like early October, and I remember going to the studios and just seeing all the costumes that we created throughout the, all the years of just not even just Mandalorian from yeah. Wonder Woman, Spider, Spider-Man, everything. And I was just like shaking like, whoa, 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 is this for real? And they showed me pictures of me in the suit of what they, they drew out of me with purple hair and me in the suit. And I'm just like, oh my God, I had no idea what they even intended me to, to do in the Mandalorian. I just remember getting the phone call and John Favreau was like, um, we want you in the series. I'm going to write a role for you, any type of role. I would just love for you to be there. So finally, when I went to the fitting and I saw the pictures of what I was actually going to be, um, I was like, wait, 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 I'm a, I'm a Mandalorian. 
like, yeah, you're, you're a Mandalorian. So I think it was like the first day on set is when I got my script and they're like, they're going to be Costa Reeves, part of this, um, part of this group um, with Bo-Katan. And I remember sitting there and meeting um, Katie and Simon in a room and then mm-hmm. sitting there with Bryce. And I was just like shaking of just like, is this really happening? And this really real? And then I remember we went to Pedro's room so we can meet him as well and just sit down and go through the lines a little bit. And I was just like, I have no idea how I even got here. This is crazy. Pretty much just like that. Bryce coming in and telling me um, the layout of the episode and the layout of where the story's going and um, just giving me the background. Like I, I took a whole day of just going behind the studios and watching all the pre-buzz and um, Bryce really just took me by the hand and led me in with such grace and so much um, authentic love because she was just so genuine of what she wanted to bring to the Star Wars realm. Um, and especially me coming in, not knowing so much about Star Wars. You know, all I did growing up was wrestling, 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 wrestling. Um, I grew up a little bit on Star Wars, like had a crush on Anakin Skywalker. Um, <laughs> and, and, and who didn't really? And, who didn't, and like, I remember dressing up my brother and painting his face as Darth Maul as a kid. But to fully be in that universe, I was just so... Um, just taken back of how huge it is. It's one of the biggest franchises in the whole world. Mm. Coming back, coming from a wrestling universe that is, you know, on its own state of, of being something so massive, it really doesn't compare to um, the Star Wars fandom and the Star Wars universe. Yeah, I mean, there's the crossover appeal that's about generations, which is a big thing that we're talking about, you know, in these interviews, building up to Potathon, where we're raising money for Make-A-Wish Foundation, children and families, that's at the core of it. And you're no stranger to Make-A-Wish. I mean, your work, your background and everything, you've been affiliated with that organization for years at this point. I mean, almost a decade, if we're, you know, running the numbers of the of the career elsewhere. And the whole idea of children and giving back and inspiring people is so core to Star Wars. So I'm curious, when you look at your work, whether that's putting on, you know, the Sailor Moon outfit, whether that's talking to people about anime and music, or whether that's wrestling, or whether that's now being Koska Reeves, where does that play into your mindset of like, I'm giving back and I need to make sure that the next kids that were like me are okay? Where where does that come from? Because sometimes you're not always being a, you're not always being a good guy. I mean, I feel like there's no really such things as a bad guy or a good guy. It's just your intention of what you want out of this world. Mm. For me, it's just, it's always living my inner child dream and chasing that inner child voice of uh, wanting more, wanting to change the world, always wanting to be the best of what I wanted as a kid and what I see my, for myself as the future. Mm-hmm. So when I do things as far as wrestling, acting, modeling, I just, I try to just think about how does that make me feel? And if I go out there with full force and full intention with my heart, that just comes out authentic where people genuinely want to, to be that for themselves or see it for themselves. So um, whether it's just joining organize, organizations or, or doing community work, um, it's just fulfilling that childhood, that inner childhood, where it's just like you're doing something right for you, where you're laying the ground plan for the future. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything you said there too about, you know, kids will be able to recognize when somebody is being truthful in their work, like they can tell that though that person's living their dream, which of course you've yeah. spoken, you've been on the record talking about people that were accomplishing things that made you want to do what you do. Mm-hmm. So into this move into acting, you come over here, you're in Star Wars. It's like, it's not even like it's some small indie film. It's the most looked at thing possibly ever. That's not, you know, Marvel or DC and you're in Star Wars and in your first episode, you know, you talked about Bryce, who is just a brilliant, just incredible artist. You've been in Bryce's episode and you've been in Peyton Reed's episode, just casually in the room with Luke Skywalker. I don't know if you remember that. And 
But in your first episode, you literally save Grogu. Yeah. So we have you to thank for saving that baby. Give us the baby experience. What is that like? What does that mean? Everybody's had a baby story. So I got to know what that's like when we're talking about kids. I mean, it's it goes back to Bryce, like telling me the scenario of the scene and then like where we're really going to fit in. She's like, well, you're going to save baby. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm saving baby. Like literally saving, like, am I going to jump into that water? And she's like, oh, no, we'll have um, doubles to do that for you. But <laughs> you're going to be the one saving, baby. And that's like such a um, monumental point of the, of the story. It's like, he is the story. He is what we're following. Yeah. Um, but I remember like holding that cron of, of having baby in it and jumping off so many apple boxes and just being like, can I even get my hand around the prawn that he's in it was just like beyond beyond crazy but just being in that scene and being on that boat in the trash um was so nerve-wracking because this was like our really first defying moment of of saving the child and, and the meaning behind it yeah and and with that i think you immediately sort of endeared people right because sometimes you know you know you're not sure when it's a new character and something right. that that you love that you've gone on for long i mean you've watched animes you've watched sci-fi fantasy and you're you're a big geek as much as you are all the things we said athlete model actress writer creator storyteller uh, <laughs> all those things i'll just follow you around now and start just like saying all the things that you do um but in that you know sometimes a new character comes in season two season three and you're like well who are you like you're not yeah. part of the crew and then all of a sudden you save the baby and everyone's like oh we love her she's great she can stay yeah exactly and i, I just felt like um what a great way to introduce a new character into the scene especially someone that you don't know within the star wars realm or even outside of star wars i just think people saw me as like all right who's this character going to be and, and what's what's next for her and throughout the whole storyline thread you just saw that Koska is this defined just badass it just won't take no for an answer which is kind of like who i am and just so resilient and just wasn't going to be second nature and not just a sidekick of you know standing up um to to boba fett and, boba and going fett. and going down there and killing the monster to save baby it's like she's such a, a badass and has so much strength of it's never second guessing it's just she knows exactly what she's supposed to do Mm hmm. Yeah. And, and standing up to Boba Fett, I mean, is one of those moments of old meets new. You know, there wouldn't be a Mandalorian if it was not for the character of Boba Fett giving us the aesthetic, giving us that everyone spins out of his legend. And then there you are standing up to him. And those and those of us that knew your career prior were very excited. And we're the ones like, well, actually, if you want to know more about her, you should check this out check this out. But then that last episode comes out and and I'm there on my couch like that was a DDT. She DDT Boba Fett. That's what that was. Was that you like, I have an idea? Or was that people like, do you think that you could? Do you think that you could try that? Oh, yeah. They brought me in for rehearsals and they told me that they wanted me to do um, an arm drag or a headlock takeover. And they went over it and I was like, oh, well, first of all, that's the wrong way that we do headlock takeovers. It's the yeah. wrong side. And I was just looking at the pillar of the wall and I was just looking at um, Boba and I was like, I think I can do something better. So I just took the guy by the head. I'm like, just hold my hips. I'm going to run up this wall and we're going to flip and I'm going to DDT you. We rehearsed it. We did it. And then John Favreau came out of the back and just like, that was it. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to shoot. That's, that's the shot. That's the shot. Um, and I just remember such excitement for when he came up behind the set and just was like overjoyed that I brought even more to the table because I was so afraid to even kind of speak up being like, mm -hmm. this is Star Wars. They know what they want to do. They have their, their stunt team. They have their stunt doubles. They have their fight coordinators. Like they put in so much time 
to create every scene and to create every fight to make sure that it's um, doable, that it's sustainable, that it can be good on the television. So me coming in, I'm just like, okay, it's it's cool. Uh, arm drag's cool, headlock's cool, but I think fans will like this a little bit better if I can add a little bit more professional mm. into it. So uh, when I finally got to do that DDT, it was just like, it felt so cool to bring that sense of the wrestling world to Star Wars and to see how the excitement was when it finally got to show to the world of flipping Boba um, yeah. onto that. It was just, just beyond, like, just in my element. Like, that was the one scene that I was just like, um, I got this. All the fighting stuff, um, going through the table, I'm like, that's that's just my, my realm, my element. So I got such an adrenaline rush just being and doing that. Yeah, and you're you're in a like a nice lineage now of athletes turned actors specifically professional wrestlers turn actors one of the first people i ever interviewed uh it was batista dave batista who made the transition via marvel guardians of the galaxy obviously (laughs) there's that dwayne johnson guy who like might make it i don't know um he he might make it as an actor of course peacemaker has cena etc 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 was there were there things that you were thinking about in terms of your transition to make it either different or special or conversely looking at them and saying oh that's excellent that's a great move that's how i can continue as a storyteller because that's what it has in common you're telling stories no matter what you do if it's a modeling gig if it's an acting gig if it's wrestling yeah i mean they definitely gave me the platform to dream bigger um especially when i got the call for star wars i was just like wow i have the potential to be not only talked about in the same line of work with those guys in the wrestling realm but in the hollywood realm as well like it's just the potential of I don't want to say being bigger than them, but just being on the same platform as them, especially as a woman. Like you don't see women come from that space to the Hollywood world, back to wrestling, back in sports and being at top of their game. It's usually when they're retired or when they're injured or something mm-hmm. of that sort. It's like this is where I'm on top of my great game. I'm in my prime. Um, so like people like Dwayne Johnson is someone that I completely look up to because I mean he's the number one actor in the whole freaking world and he came from wrestling he's only been in wrestling for a short amount of time but his impact alone just tells you how hard of the work that he put in so when I look at people like him I'm just like all right it's really time to to one it up and, and to time to do it for the women and just nonetheless I'm like I'm really trying to do this for um the women going forward that we can be in the same light the same um talks as all of them you did that I think with thunder uh in your in your other career and now here you are moving in with and with Bryce at your back helping you craft Koska then you expand that team out and you've got Katie Sackhoff there and now we've got Rosario leading the Ahsoka show and uh Sabine Wren who's one of my favorite characters is going to be in that played by Natasha Lubardizo. So it really like long overdue, but great to finally see. Because when I was coming up as a Star Wars fan, much like coming up like a wrestling fan, we wrongly just teach everybody that it's a gendered thing. Like we didn't we didn't know to bring it up to our girlfriends in elementary and middle school at the lunch table because we didn't think they cared. Similarly, they probably didn't think we cared about some of their stuff. And and that's that all comes from girl toy, boy toys, pink, blue, all that. And you've really helped kick that down. It also comes from like strong woman characters. Like you didn't have women characters to look up to besides Princess Leia, you know? So now you have Koska, you have Bo, you have Ahsoka, you have Ming-Nang, you have all these strong women characters that you can all gravitate to saying like, I want to be, I want to be like her. I want to be a badass. I don't just have to be the princess or the pretty one or the girl's girlfriend. No, you're going to be the actual fighter and the warrior and, and like a leader of a group. 
And and with analyzing Koska as a fighter and a warrior, when you're in that mode, what's what's different between Mercedes and Koska Reeves? Hmm. It's different. I don't feel like there's much difference. From what I'm learning from all my characters, I just I put a little bit of myself in, in everything, whether it's um being resilient, being brave, um, trying things things and being fearless. Um, these are all characteristics that Koska has. Um, and the same characteristics that I have during everyday life is, is something that I try to bring to the table. So um, besides the amazing braids that Koska has and the, the great armor, um, she's very similar. We're very uh, quiet, taken back. But when it's time to go, it's time to go. And we're here to throw it down, you know? So um, it's very similar to who I am in Mercedes and Koska. Yeah, she's 100% down. Like someone uh-huh. comes and says, hey, remember me? I need your help. My kid's missing. And she's there. 100%. Let's ride. Got your back, your side, your front, and I'm here to save the day. Yeah, I mean, it was a really inspiring moment. I mean, and again, we alluded to it earlier. You're there in that epic season two finale, one of the biggest Star Wars moments ever. Running, gunning, flying, and then, of course, Luke Skywalker. Now, everybody has sort of given their story, but I haven't heard yours about how you were kept in the dark, the characters that they told you it was going to be. What was the clever shooting like? Were you shooting with no Jedi or were you shooting with a stand-in Jedi? What was that whole experience like? Yeah, we were, we were shooting with this guy who had a bunch of dots on his face and I had no, really no, no idea until we got to watch it back. And I was like, what the heck just happened? Like, I'm literally watching it back and having tears before I have to go into work for, you know, Friday Night Smackdown. I'm just like, I was so blown away. But when they brought in the R2-D2, I was just like, there's something up. And now um, Paige is taking off his mask. Like, like it started to add up. Um, but the scripts were just so, everything was so secretive mm. in Star Wars. Like, say, you couldn't even say hi to one character. You're like, who is that? What? They're like, uh-uh, you're not supposed to see that. <laughs> yeah. Well, thankfully, at least you come from a line of work where surprises and secrets and last minute stuff is very normal. Like that. So it was really easy for me to adapt. But getting to sit back and watch the whole process and then finally see it come to life on television was just like, I was so even more blown away that I was part of something so amazing just from the the, the staff and, and, the, and the people like there's so many creators when it comes to Star Wars. It's not just the writers. It's mm-hmm. not just it's it's everybody. The people who who set up the set, the, the lighting. There's every little detail. I'm just like I was just so taken back by everything. Yeah, I mean, I, when we were in we were in California back in May for Star Wars Celebration, which by the way you need to go to one. Um, I have to go to one. I would they love are they're crazy. Next year's in London. So I don't know if you can make London in April. When we were there, I was at a bar and I ended up talking to uh, Richard Bluff, who is an ILM professional and one of their key guys. And he handled that face swap of putting the Luke stuff in. And we were talking about it and how like that the amount of work that goes into making sure that every little look and eye and, and everything, it's an incredible and, and even integrating in the shots, because then they have to make sure that the shots of you and Ming-Na and Pedro and everybody are properly edited together. It's like it's unreal. It's an unreal amount of professionalism. And and again, like we've said, whether it's in wrestling or modeling or acting or anything, the players that you don't see, um, the people that get zero premiere. credit, yeah, yeah. That, that make it all come together. And you know, you've been in and out of these worlds working with a lot of different people. Do you think that there's anybody from the wrestling modeling world that should jump into Star Wars with you? Who's the first person you grab if you need another another warrior? The first person I grab is uh, looking at him. 
my dog, my, my Corgi Ryu. <laughs> <laughs> Corgi, a Corgi Mandalorian. He's like a Grogu, really. He is. He would be the next Grogu. We would sell, we would sell so many toys around the world. I think mm. uh, he would be such a staple in the Star Wars universe. And we need another cute, cute character instead of uh, a human alien realm. I think um, Ryu, yeah. uh, Corgi, would be so perfect. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> No, I, I completely agree. No, that that's a great choice. I've got a uh, a half Sheba over here sleeping. Um, and yeah, and these these dogs definitely are the best companions. Way better than people. Uh, better. way better. Um, and then flipping that, is there anybody that you worked with on Mandalorian, Pedro or Ming Na or anybody, or even John Favreau that you think could probably cut a decent promo or like hang with you and doing some character work? Um, definitely John. He yeah. can. He- I would love to see him um, cut a wrestling promo in the wrestling world. And same with Katie. She is just mm. so, oh my God, theatrical. Her, her facials, her uh, her energy. I think if she went out into a live audience, into a wrestling ring, she would just kill it like that. Um, same with Axe. Like what, um, what an amazing guy and so much expression. I think uh, he would also kill it in the wrestling realm of um promos and stuff but i love to see john or even dave um because i know dave is a big um, hockey fan and that's what he talked about a lot all he wore was his pittsburgh sweaters every single day <laughs> i'm like yeah. that's all you have but he would he would fight you tooth and nail so he would cut a hell of a promo for his um for his team for sure oh yeah dave's reputation among star wars nerds you give that man a live microphone and he will tell you why it matters <laughs> what's going on what themes are the emotions all of that um, yes we love that guy i mean he's a genius i mean you've worked with like again a killer killer group um is there anybody in star wars that Costa Reeves has not run into that isn't in any of your episodes that you're like, let me meet that person. Rosario. I just got to meet her last week at um, a signing, but to be a scene or an episode with her, I'm just so blown away and taken back from her. I've been such a fan of her work for so long and just getting to watch her um, in The Mandalorian. She played it so beautifully. She's just so gorgeous in every sense. Um, so just to be in like a, maybe an all women's uh, episode. I know we kind of had one, but even more. Of oh yeah. Crank it up. Yes. And that, that works timeline wise. I'm just saying John, Dave, you don't listen but if you did i would tell you now there is somebody in your life that has also donned a mandalorian armor and that of course would be your cousin snoop dog who has his own mandalorian armor and so his custom his custom piece and so i have to know what potential does he have could could he hang wouldn't that be so crazy if we saw snoop dog in in a big in a big battle you could just put him in a big battle and then there's like Who's that purple and gold one running down there? <laughs> when I first saw that picture and then I saw that music video, I was just like, how come you didn't put me in it, bro? Like, yeah. what the hell? Like, yeah. But obvious, for obvious reasons, you know, don't want to be around all that. But yeah, I think he would fare very, very well. He's a big fan of the Mandalorian. I'm proud of the Star Wars franchise. So, And they always have a lot of guest uh, appearances stop in. So I think he would be such a, not only a good surprise, but such a funny surprise mm. to the Star Wars realm. Like, would you ever see a G like that? up in space yeah no i it came to me knowing that i was going to talk to you there's that netflix movie day shift that came out with jamie fox mm-hmm. that snoop dogg is in and he's in that movie with sabine wren natasha libordizo and mm-hmm. so then i was like wait a second 
you had an armor and you're about to have one. And so it's it's a lot closer than people realized it. Uh, oh, yeah. Next season. We'll try that. Now, the other thing that everybody knows that you are passionate about, and I've already touched on it a little bit with Sailor Moon, is that you love anime. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know or if you watched it, but there is a Star Wars anime as of last year. Star Wars. Yes. Yeah, so good. How badly do you want to be in volume two? Do a Koska, a 15 minute Koska anime <laughs> short? So badly, just because that's my my dream in general to be in any type of anime and to voice over something, especially if I can voice over some kind of Sailor Moon project in my lifetime, I'll die. But that the Star Wars Vision one, oh my God, like I'm such a animated fan, like that creativity of all the different mm. stories and all the different animation. I was just so blown away that they could even come up with that concept. Yeah. Um, I would love to be in a uh, volume two of it uh, one day, potentially. Yeah, I mean, it would be really, really cool. Because again, like the, the storytelling and the creativity, it's something that comes so natural to you, which is why I've always been like this. Obviously, this is a Star Wars interview, but like the, the, the crossover between all these things that come down to really larger than life, because you could watch normal TV about normal people. Just TV shows about families, but the larger than life sci-fi fantasy, the battles between good and evil factions, forces, that's Star Wars, that's anime, that's wrestling, that's all that stuff. When I talk about wrestling to people that don't get it, I'm like, well, do you like the MCU? And they're like, well, yeah, duh. And I'm like, well, it's the same essential concept. You like Game of Thrones? It's the same essential concept. So what is, what is it like to you to find what's the same about all of these things? Everything was so, so similar. That's why I wasn't so like scared when I finally got into that space because I was able to adapt so quickly, whether it was a line change or whether um, we had to move over there. It's just like, it's improvisation. Like you have to just know the character and just go with it and, and really believe in yourself. And that's with any kind of form or facet of the entertainment world and wrestling um, and animation is just really knowing yourself and what you want to portray. So there wasn't really... Anything that wasn't different besides, you know, Star Wars and, and, and wrestling, they were really one of the same. You had John Favreau come in, kind of like a Vince come in, lay, have a layout, have a, a, a game plan. You have David coming in. Like just, you have everybody there to make the best that they can for the story and for the brand and for the company. So it was very similar. There was nothing that was not, um, not, not similar besides maybe getting a script last minute or doing it live. Right. Um, only that was different, of course, filming it 20,000 times and doing it from this angle 20,000 times. Mm. Like that was something so new to the acting world that I never, ever experienced in wrestling because in wrestling, it's, it's one and done. We're, yeah, we're well, live, yeah. baby. We're live. It's not pre-taped. No, we're live. Star Wars. Oh, you messed up that line? Oh, do it again. Oh, that was a great line. You're going to do it 10 more times. Oh, we have to do it from this angle. We got to do it from the back. We got to do it from front. It was just like, whoa, I didn't know you spent a 12 hour day on a one minute scene like it's just those things were just like so blown away that how much intricacy that you need to have and how much emotion that you need to stay with for a 12 hour like legit for shooting for 12 hours for a yeah. minute so it's just like always seeing that character and always staying hungry and always knowing what you want the audience to see and feel it's a different relationship with this is only going to exist here and now with these people and they're mm-hmm. a part of it and the music's a part of it, and the crew is a part of it, and we get one, and it's over, and if it didn't go the way we wanted, we got see other you, shots. See you next week. Um, yeah. Whereas you know, in in this, it's like, oh no, we will make it work, and we will oh. stay here all day to make it oh, work. Oh yeah. We're going <laughs> um, to find that shot. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's fascinating. So as, as we start to wind down here, we're talking about these different relationships, and again, everybody head down to the links, donate. 
Make-A-Wish Foundation. We're already way ahead of schedule on where we thought the goal would be, which is amazing. But let's keep that going um, as we build up toward these different interviews. We're talking about the relationships in these stories. And the other thing that they have in common is that you are entering something that you didn't create. So you you create your characters and you bring your life to your characters. But if your character is not on that week or not on that episode or isn't booked or is you know, if you're injured or if you're whatever it is, it goes on. That's a very different thing than creating something whole cloth that you control. So are you now that you have the acting bug and now that you're in it after a long wrestling career, are you like, I want to create a character that is mine 100% that is not connected to anything else? Hmm. I mean, yes, that's in general life. We always want to create characters that we can um, portray and to live by. We're, I mean, you're a character right now. I'm sure once you get off of your, your headsets, you're someone that completely different. Mm. So we're always portraying different characters in every given moment of our time. And for me, it's really just owning my own IP and owning yeah. the character behind the character and, and really defining who is the character that's playing the character. So it's really just finding um, yourself um, but yeah, when it comes to even wrestling, that's that's a character that I I come up with and, and I portray myself. And you have your writers coming in and, and giving a little more details of what they see for it. But it's really when it comes to characters in your life, it's it's what do you see for that character? Because you only you know how you're going to play it, and only you know how you see and want to envision that character. Yeah, and and your lived experience is so important. And like we were talking about Costa Reeves, like the stuff, the aspects that you're bringing, that fierce loyalty, that mm-hmm. ride or die attitude, that get up and go, and that toughness, like that can only come from stuff that you lived. Like you could explain yeah. it, but in the yeah. same way that like with Pedro or Katie or anybody involved, like you'll we'll never really know what they thought of during a moment. It's just part of the process, which is like really fascinating. Actors are so amazing that they can just portray such a moment and live in it and be someone that they're completely not, but they are because they're, they're playing it. It's it's such a mind-boggling industry that you can be kind of whoever you want to be and be whoever you want to create. Absolutely, absolutely, which is a great message for the children. So again, we're about to wrap up here. I want everybody to head down and donate. Mercedes wants you to go donate. Make it the most we've ever done it. Honestly, yeah. And it's already big on track for that. And so it's been a great pleasure and an honor to talk to you. Before we go, two last things. One, what's next for you creatively? Are you going to start a podcast? Are you going to start painting? What's the thing that you're going to add? Because you're just, you know, you're just mopping up all the different skills at this point. So you might as well just add another one. You're going to start doing like karate or maybe you already do. There is so much that I'm kind of creating right now. Um, there's, it's all of, under an umbrella. So it's like, like I said, I'm an actor, model, writer, producer, extraordinaire, entertainer. So all within those realms, um, I'm doing something. So you just have to stay tuned. Stay tuned. But you have a microphone. That's something big that I want to do. Not podcasting, but music. Um, mm. so that's probably, I don't know if like that's the number one next thing because acting is, um, there's a lot of things coming with acting right now. Um, but I, I'm really, I'm really starting to focus my mind around music and that music realm and just um, being kind of a director in a space of creating a kind of a musical video piece. That'd be really, really cool. That, yeah. I, I, w- I would love to see that, especially after all the stories you've told. So last question. This might be the hardest one. Be careful how you answer. I know how you'll answer. But if Bo-Katan had not broken up that fight, who wins? Coast Reeves or Boba Fett? <sighs> I mean, he was about to get his face burnt down yeah. if she didn't step in. So I already had his number. He was already on the ground. He could barely stand up. So what do you think? What do you I think? Mean, 
I'm going to say Costco. I mean, at the end of the day, there's there's one thing that happens in common, right? Young person's got to go over eventually. You know, uh, so it's it's time it's time to lay it down, Boba. You had you had your chance. He had his chance. I'm the woman. I'm the, I'm the woman that's stepping up and showing mm-hmm. him all the game. Yeah. And uh, I've been fighting for a very long time and both very in the realms of the galaxy. So um, he doesn't want to see what's coming next. No, but I tell you who does, and that's all of us. So let's hope that uh, <laughs> let's hope that Koska is returning soon. Again, not gonna ask anything you can't answer, but I would love to see her again. And thank you so much for coming onto the show and doing this, helping us raise some money and everything. And uh, it's just it's been a blast. And you're the best. You're the sweetest. And uh, and I and I've seen you. I've seen you be not very sweet. And so that's you know, <laughs> that's a, there's a duality there for sure. Uh, yeah, light side, dark side. But uh, thank you. Thank your lovely dog, Ryu, for his time as well. Thank you. Uh, and uh, yeah, let everybody know where they can find you before you go. I mean, you're easy to find, but tell everybody anyway. Um, on social media right now, you can uh, find me under Sasha Banks, WWE on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and yeah, just stay tuned. I'm really excited to see what's next for myself. Um, and it's going to be something just so magical. Awesome. Thanks so much, Mercedes. Thank you. Thanks for having me. As for this show, you can find me personally at that Alden Diaz, T-H-A-T-A-L-D-E-N-D-I. AZ on Twitter and Instagram. You can find this show everywhere you get your podcast, Hockta Radio, A H C H T O Radio. And upcoming, we've got some other people from the Lucasfilm side of things, some other authors going to be joining us on. Head down to the links below and we'll catch you next time. Punch it, Chewie.